Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Well, that is simply the worst loss for the Philadelphia 76ers in the last 20 years of that franchise. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, on your smart speakers as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. That was an absolute abomination last night at the Wells Fargo. Yeah, that was all bad. That was all bad. I hope the Sixers know their season is over too, by the way. I, they don't I, seem I, to know they I, do. I, I, I hate to is. do that because we know there are some passionate Philadelphia sports fans that listen to our show. But we said this, big fella. They needed to treat game six in their building like it was game seven. And they came out flat in that first quarter. Credit to them. They were able to dig themselves out of the hole in the third quarter. But, man, that was a terrible ending. Let's roll. Here we go. Only one place to start. Here come the Warriors. Curry to Draymond Green baseline to the reposition. Curry right corner three. It's good. Their first triple of the second half. And the Warriors now lead by 14 with four and a half minutes to go. Well, we will get to that game later on in just a bit regarding tonight and the Lakers and the Warriors. But we've also... Got the Celtics forcing that game seven. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more in short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. So let me get this straight. Jason Tatum has a historically bad first three and a half quarters Mm -hmm. of a game where he's shot one for 14 to begin, and then in the... Last few minutes, Jason Tatum outscored the Sixers. And in fact, during the fourth quarter, he did it all by himself. 16 to 13. Canty, I can't get over so many aspects of what went down. First of all, love what Tatum did. From what you always talk about, the sports character standpoint, that was awesome. But what the Sixers did was a flat-out embarrassment. It starts with the head coach. And by the way, the superstars included there, too, who didn't have a shot attempt for the last four minutes. And I never saw him demanding the basketball. Yeah, and here's the thing. I remember Joe Mazzulla was doing an interview after the first quarter, and they asked him about Tatum because he got off to such a slow start. And he was saying that Tatum found other ways to impact the game. That is the coach sending a clear message to his players. You, you know if he's telling the, the, the reporters that, he's telling the guys that in timeouts. He was sending a message throughout the entirety of the game that they were going to be okay and that Tatum was going to be okay, and that paid off in that final five minutes where he buries four three-pointers. Now, to that end, if you're Doc Rivers in the Sixers, once Jason Hayden hits the first couple of, two, first couple of threes, why are you letting him take shots like that? Why, why are you giving him that much space? Why aren't you pressing him more and forcing him to give up the ball? If I'm the Sixers – I'm making somebody else from the Boston Celtics beat me. It ain't going to be Tatum, and it ain't going to be Brown. And unfortunately, they were covering Jason Tatum one-on-one a lot of the times, and he made them pay for it, and that's exactly what you can't do when you're trying to close out a desperate team trying to force a Game 7. Well, Doc Rivers finally showed up. That's exactly what happened. Doc docked that game over the last few minutes of it. It is ridiculous that they would lose that game in the fourth quarter with a lead, and this is why he's going to be the former coach of the Philadelphia 76ers come Monday. And and frankly, it's just unbelievable that in a closeout game, he continues to be as bad as he is. That is his 18th loss in an elimination game. 
with a chance to close out another team. His 18th career loss in 32 games. That's as bad as can be. How do you not learn from that? How does Doc continue to choke these games away? And I listen, I'll get to Embiid in a second. Mm-hmm. But Chris, Joe Missoula had been the greatest gift to Doc Rivers all series long. Give him credit. He actually adjusted and did what he needed to do to play some defense to really make that an important part of it with as much as they played Robert Williams. What do you know? That worked, and the Sixers never adjusted to it. Yeah, I mean, listen, they started Robert Williams, which is something that they don't do, but they had to change up um, their starting lineup because Joe Mazzulla recognized a change needed to be made. Now, where I think the impact was felt was his ability, ability, that being Robert Williams, to patrol the paint because he was in defensive coverage on P.J. Tucker. And we know P.J. Tucker is a non-threat offensively. Even though he hit a three last night, P.J. Tucker has not been filling up the, the, the point sheet on the, on, the score, on, on, the, on the box score. But his ability to be able to hedge off of P.J. Tucker, stay in the paint, made the Boston defense that much better because now Robert Williams can be that rim protector and those perimeter defenders for Boston can pressure a little bit more. So I, I thought that was a key difference. Um, but, but ultimately, Doc Rivers has got to find a way to get Joel Embiid the ball in clutch time. I mean, the, the last shot for Embiid came with, what, four and a half minutes left in the game? 3.55 to be exact. 3.55. With four minutes left in yeah. the game. That, that can't happen. No. That can't happen. And so Doc Rivers, whether you got to call a timeout, whether you got to yell it out to the players on the court – you got to find a way to get the MVP the ball to see if he can affect the game down the stretch. Similarly to what Boston did with Jason Tatum. Find a way to get him the ball. The fact that they iced Embiid out says as much about the Sixers' game plan as it does about the Celtics' defense. That's why I'm sitting here today giving the Celtics credit for having the mental fortitude after they blew a 16-point lead in the third quarter to come back and win that game the way that they did and Jason Tatum to bounce back. But make no mistake about it. Doc Rivers and the Sixers held the door open for Boston to walk through it. And that's my biggest issue. And and I can't believe I did this. I completely misspoke. That was Doc's 32nd loss in a closeout game. Yeah, and you don't feel good about Doc Rivers going up to Boston and winning. He's going to be in a Game 7 for the 16th time in his head coaching career. He's lost nine of those games. Four more than any other head coach. That's a problem. let's Let's hear from Embiid on this and the fact that Oh, as he says, the ball stopped moving. We had a lot of wide-open shots. Uh, we didn't make them. We stopped moving the ball. I think I don't think I touched the ball the last four minutes of the game. Like I said, missed a lot of good looks. I didn't touch the ball at all. Now, look. Not to his point, they only had one assist in the fourth quarter. But he's also got to demand the basketball. No, no, but, now, I'm not going to blame him completely, but he's got to demand the basketball. He has to. And, Chris, here's the other thing. You see him at points in the game – where he plays championship basketball, like we talked about, where he's diving to try to get a loose ball, where he, you know, recovers on a play. And then there are other times where he and Harden were just not playing with a great deal of urgency. And for whatever reason, they let these games get away from them. I don't understand that. These are playoff games. I mean, James Harden was atrocious to begin with and has been bad in all of the Sixers' losses. But... Am I missing something? Is it unfair to say that they're not playing 
completely with an urgency that they need to throughout the course of the game? Well, I think a lot of the times when Harden's in the lineup with Embiid, Harden is trying to defer to Embiid, but it switches a little bit at the end of the games, and we saw that in game one and in game four where Harden was making big-time shots at the end of those games. And so I, 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 I can see a world where James Harden would be more aggressive in the final five minutes, and that would lead to Embiid not necessarily getting the volume of touches that he's used to, but under the circumstances, man, you got you to gotta dance with the girl that brought you. I mean, you're at home, closeout opportunity, chance for Doc and, and Embiid to get someplace that they've never gotten to together, which is the conference finals. You got to find a way to let Embiid impact that game. And James Harden was 0 for in the fourth quarter from the field. Give Embiid a chance. And, and that's, that's the part where I, I put it on the head coach to call timeout, to gather his players, to draw up a set play where it can get Embiid, his MVP, into rhythm. Because we know as Embiid goes is how this team goes. And if Embiid can, can be impactful and he can show that he can dominate in one-on-one scoring opportunities or in set play opportunities, that opens up everything else for the other Sixers players because of the gravity of Embiid and Boston having to pay him so much attention. So I felt like that was a miss from Doc Rivers, but we're used to seeing Doc Rivers miss in elimination situations in in series like this. So that's the part where I can't get past, and that's why I think it's fair to question Doc Rivers' job security at this point if they're not able to advance to the conference finals. Chris, give me a percentage chance that they're winning Sunday. In Boston, even though it's been a wacky series like that. It ain't great, Bob, but I will say this. They've won two of the three games played in Boston already. I I know, but... there is no fear factor for them going to TD Garden. The only thing that I'm afraid of is how bad Doc has been in these situations. His record speaks for itself. If you're looking for an indicator for future performance, look at past performance. And Doc Rivers' performance in these situations ain't been great. And I've been saying it for a really long time, big fella, and I stand by it. Good players... Even great players can't overcome bad coaching. And at the end of last, last night's game was an example of bad coaching by Doc Rivers. To be clear, he, to me, is 90% uh, at, at fault for what happened. 90%. I do think Embiid can ask for the ball some more. Or ask for but the he ball, does, But he doesn't handle the ball. But, Chris, you, that's, we see guys demand the ball all the time. Yeah, but just because he's posting up and demanding the ball, it doesn't mean they're going to give it to him. I can count. There were but he numer- wasn't doing there that. Were num- but, but he was doing that. He wasn't demanding the ball. No, he, he, he's posting up a guy on the wing or the elbow extended, and he's got his hand up. Chris, what, 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 what more is he supposed to do? Uh, Chris, he, all I know is I, I'm watching that game, and I didn't see him beat screaming and yelling, get me the ball. And it's not, I'm not blaming him. For the loss, I am blaming Doc primarily for the loss, but in all of these spots, this collective group continues to not get it done. Doc will be the first to go, as he should be, but at some point here, uh, you have to get over the hump, and I don't feel good about them getting over the hump come Sunday. Not at all. I would give them less than a 20% chance to win that game Sunday. It's not great. It's not great, and this is why you needed more urgency at home. This is why you needed to start faster at home, especially with Tatum getting off to a one-for-14 start. It is it is that. That was a game that was tailor-made for you to win. It is that. It is Tatum, that. Tatum got off to a one-of-14 start. He was 0-for-10 in the first half. Yep, I, he had listen, one point. I, they the, did a their, terrible the, job Their best player – played as bad as he's ever played in an NBA uniform, and you don't find a way to close out the Celtics at home. Chris, it's That is an embarrassment. And that's the thing. I am borderline 
at a loss for words on how bad that is. And Doc Rivers is going to be at a loss for the job. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We are just getting started. We've got more to do on this game and on the Celtics somehow finding a second life after they were left for dead uh, after Game 5. We will get to all of that. We will get to the Lakers and the Warriors tonight and what kind of a chance Golden State has to go into uh, L.A. and try to get a victory to get it to a game seven. God, there is so much going on. The NFL schedule is out. It's all, all amazing over the next few hours. We are pumped up. Up next is one of the greatest players of all time running out of time. That's next. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. The NBA playoffs. Tatum fires for three-wing right. Got it. Four threes in the fourth quarter for Jason Tatum. I'm one of the, humbly, one of the best basketball players in the world. You know, go through struggles, go through slumps. It's a long game. And all that mattered was we won this game, right? Give ourselves another chance, come back home, you know, for game seven. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs on Greeny with Mike Greenberg. We welcome in Mr. Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, who joins us. He is the former Spurs VP of Strategic Research. Kirk, let's start with Embiid not touching the ball over the last four minutes. How do you kind of assign blame for that? Is that the coaching staff? Is that the players? Where does that belong for what happened? Well, first of all, it's incredible, right? Uh, and it is, to me, unacceptable. I think we all agree. And I would divvy up the blame in three ways. Embiid himself, you know, we've seen big men over the years demand the ball, call for the ball, get the ball. Uh, we didn't see a lot of that from him. You know, they have James Harden as the conductor of this offense. He led the NBA in assists. He is the straw that 
that stirs this Sixers offense drink, and he's been pretty good at it uh, at times this series. I'd put some of the blame on him for not getting uh, his teammate the ball, the MVP, and the scoring champion the ball in the last four minutes, and then Doc Rivers, uh, who who is watching this and watching this happen for those last four minutes. So I think all three of those individuals deserve some blame here. And, and to me, it's unacceptable when you have the scoring champion and the MVP and the biggest player on the court uh, not getting a touch in, in, in the most sort of critical phase, the most critical moment of your season. How does that happen? Kirk, Jason Tatum starts the game 1 of 13 through the first three quarters, only three points, and then erupts in the fourth quarter, four of eight from the field, including four three-point makes in the final five minutes, outscores the Sixers 16 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Have you seen a turnaround quite like what you saw last night for Jason Tatum? In a word, no. I mean, a lot of us would have stopped shooting. A lot of coaches might have pulled a player who is that cold. Uh, and credit to Joe Missoula for sticking with him. And, and most of the credit, though, goes to Tatum himself, who started getting hot with the corner three uh, that really uh, turned that game around. He hit two threes in that 40-second span that turned a two-point deficit into a four-point lead. Um and as you pointed out, guys, like he did that on the heels of shooting one for 14. Are you kidding me? Uh, a lot of people would have stopped even trusting their own shot at that point and was one of the more remarkable playoff performances I've ever seen. Uh, and it says a lot about his own internal confidence, um, the star confidence. Uh, and, and you know what it made me think of? And it's a very different performance, but in game six in Milwaukee last year when his team needed him most uh, against the Bucks in the second round. He had 46 points. He was hot all game, but he was the difference when it mattered most. Again, this year in a game six on the road, uh, when the Sixers just kind of only couldn't score. I mean, if you told me that the Celtics only had 16 points in the fourth quarter, I was oh, the Sixers are going to win this game. But credit to Jason Tatum. He made the biggest buckets of this series after being the coldest I've ever seen him in his entire career. Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, author of the book Sprawl Ball, a visual tour of the new era in the NBA. It is Chris Carlin and Chris Canty in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio. Let's flip to the Suns from last night, Kirk. What do the Suns need to do? Who do they need to? What kind of players do they need to surround uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker with to kind of fix this in the offseason? Yeah, in a word, I think they need time. Is the thing they need the most. I mean, this was a science experiment from the trade deadline on, uh, and 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 they need depth. Um, they need time, and they need depth, and they need to get more familiar with each other. But I think they need a couple more wings, exactly the kinds of players they sent to Brooklyn to get Kevin Durant uh, and Cam Johnson and the Cal Bridges. They need some three and D wings, uh, and they need. Um, Probably better rebounding and interior rim protection. Maybe that's DeAndre Ayton. Maybe it's not. I think the biggest decision this team has in the offseason is, are we sticking with DeAndre Ayton um, in that in that center slot? Or are we going to try to turn him into maybe a few other more complementary pieces um, that can give us some more perimeter shooting? The mid-range thing, I think, is pretty interesting. But ultimately, we need more three-point shooting on that roster. Uh, off-ball players that can punish defenses for helping on Booker and Durant. So I would say three and D wings uh, and potentially some new pieces in the front court. Kirk, looking at the winning team on the other side of that beatdown in the Valley last night, I mean, the Denver Nuggets have been dominant 
at, at points in this series and throughout these playoffs. And Nikola Jokic is right there at the heart of it, a 30-point triple-double. And he's been a really good player for some time now in this league, but it feels like he's dialed it up a notch and this team has elevated their play in the postseason in comparison to postseasons in the past. Now, I get that Jamal Hurt Murray is finally back and fully healthy, but is Jamal Murray the simplest explanation as to why the, the Nuggets have elevated their play, or is it something deeper? No, I think it is the health. I mean, at times this team has looked ready to to burst through in the playoffs, and then the injury bug in previous runs has really derailed that, whether it's Jamal Murray or Michael Porter. But this is the most healthy we've seen them in the postseason. Uh, so I think that's a big thing. It is Jamal, who is an incredible scorer. What a, what a luxury to have him next to one of the best playmakers in the league. Now we've seen Jokic have like 52 assists over the last four playoff games, the most since Will Chamberlain in a four-game playoff run. He is an incredible playmaker, and having those healthy players around him has made this team virtually unstoppable. And and the other thing I would say is this is happening in the context of a pretty banged-up Western Conference. I mean, mm. the Suns, like I said, were a, were a science experiment. The Lakers are a, a trade deadline experiment. They look like they're coming on. The Warriors aren't themselves. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, Denver is rising up. But the rest of the West is sort of not where it's traditionally been over the last decade as well. Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Kirk, Warriors-Lakers tonight. How do you think the Warriors, if you want to say Draymond specifically, but how do you think the Warriors are going to try to get to AD, so to speak, try to, you know, take advantage of his situation? I'm looking... I'm looking at Draymond Green uh, on both ends of the court. He was able to give them 20 points in their big win the other night. He's got to have something like that on offense. But on defense, if he's able – look, both LeBron James and Anthony Davis are generational talents, obviously, but they're a lot less scary away from the basketball hoop. If Anthony Davis isn't 100% and Draymond can effectively keep him uh, or Kevon Looney can keep him out of the paint and turn him into a jump shooter, that's a much – less dangerous Lakers team if LeBron and AD, who are two of the most inefficient jump shooters in the NBA uh, this season, that's no exaggeration. Uh, If they can turn those dudes into jump shooters, they can win this game and bring it back for a game seven. Uh, Easier said than done, though. If Anthony Davis is aggressive and healthy, nobody can keep him away from the paint when he's really pushing it. Uh, so that's the key to this game, in my opinion. It starts with that matchup of Draymond Green, generational talent on defense, trying to contain Anthony Davis, the generational talent on offense for the Lakers. Kirk, another player dealing with injury in this series that we have to watch tonight is Andrew Wiggins. He's got the rib cartilage, and he's officially listed as questionable. I'm curious to know, from your perspective, how that impacts the Golden State Warriors, what to watch for in this game, if Andrew Wiggins can't play or if he's physically compromised. I mean, that's a great point, and, and it, it's a huge deal. It's not going to make, you know, the headlines, but what Wiggins does, especially in the context of, uh, context of a very thin Warriors bench, is provide them with a little bit of scoring, a lot of rebounding, and a lot of defense. This team, uh, when it's struggling on the road, its rebounding isn't great and its defense isn't great. Without Wiggins, it's going to be really hard for, for the Golden State Warriors to defend uh, effectively a Lakers team that really wants to end this series tonight. Uh, I can't I can't emphasize enough. I'm glad you brought that up, how important Wiggins and his health is. Uh, if he's not playing, uh, I think the Lakers have a real shot to end in this series tonight. Last one, Kirk. Uh, 
as far as the Knicks' heat are concerned. Uh, lay out what the Knicks would need to do to force a Game 7 here. They need to be as tough as the Miami Heat. You know, I think they have as much talent, but they haven't had the toughness in their losses. One of the things I love about this Heat team, and I wrote about it on ESPN this week, is they lead the league in virtually all the hustle stats that we log in this postseason. They dive on the floor. They, they take more charges than anybody. They get all the loose balls. Um, they need to be tough to win this game on the road, and they need to be smart. I think Jalen Brunson is going to be there for them. And then the X factor is probably Julius Randle. Can he play smart and be productive uh, against this Heat team uh, that has been tough all year long? And and if they can get offense and jump shooting uh, from their stars, uh, I think they can bring it home. Uh, But again, Jimmy at home is a a tough beast, and this is the toughest team left in the playoffs. So they're going to have to be tough. That's my word of word to watch with the Knicks in this game is be tough. Kirk Goldsberry, ESPN NBA analyst, former Spurs VP of strategic research. Appreciate it, Kirk. Thanks. Anytime. Thank you guys. Kathy and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app last night, Nikola Jokic in the zone. What else is new hmm. in the zone brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone AutoZone for this series. Nikola Jokic averaged 35 points, 12 12 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's absolutely absurd. Shot 57% from the floor, which is low, frankly, and 46% from three. Are you kidding me? He's a monster. He is he's beyond a monster. Can't he, I'll tell you, I think he's the best passer in the league. I, I think he has become the best passer in the league. Interesting. When, when you watch as he distributes the ball and the, the tight windows he can deliver the ball in, man, I mean. He's got great touch, too. For a big he man, he's really got great does. touch with his passing. And you made this point yesterday off the air. His footwork is amazing. Oh, it's, it's A1. It's top Yeah, notch. not to get yeah. too in the weeds, but. Like, even if DeAndre Ayton played last night, it wouldn't have mattered at all. Yeah, he's got tremendous touch and feel around the basket in the paint, like being able to dish off those pocket passes, passes for guys in the dunker spot so they can finish at the rim. Like, he, he's, he's everything you would want offensively from a big man, minus the athleticism. But he's able to compensate for that with his footwork and understanding his body and being able to position himself. So, yeah, Nikola Jokic is phenomenal, which makes me really excited about what we're going to see from a basketball perspective in the conference finals should my Lakers get past the Warriors. Him matched up against AD, that is going to be a treat. Oh, it's going to be all kinds of entertaining to watch, Oh, to yes, be sir. Sure. Yes, sir. Now, on the other side, look, they gave up everything that they had to give up to go and get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. There are going to be some changes here. And I, I wonder, first of all, is Monty Williams safe? When you have new ownership in I place? Think, I think everything is on the table for the Denver Knights. I totally agree. I totally agree. The Suns right now are in this position where they just sold out everything to go for it right away the second the new owner walks in the door, and they come up very empty. Last night, on your home court, there is nothing worse, Canty, and you've heard me say this before, than the long goodbye. And that game was the long goodbye for Matt Ishbia and the Suns fans. They had to sit there. You're down 18 at the end of the first quarter. The game was over. You never had a sniff. But didn't we see this from the Suns last year against the Dallas Mavericks where they get blown out on yeah. their own home court? We did. They get embarrassed? We did. I mean, that, that was the game. Se- game seven was anticlimactic. 
Yeah. With what Luka Doncic did to them. Like, at some point, you get tired them. of seeing that as a fan. So, yeah, Matt Ishbia's got some work to do, and that front office has got some work to do. Now, I would caution this. I think Monty Williams is a hell of a coach. I, I agree. Think he, I think he's a hell of a coach. So, moving off of him, you better damn well know yeah. that he's more the problem than he is a part of the solution. If they moved off him, if I were the Sixers, I'd hire him in a freaking minute. Oh, no question. That's clearly, that's clearly an upgrade. But, but I, I guess my point is this. They're going to have to remake this roster, and it's going to come along with some difficult decisions. One of the easier decisions, I think, is moving on from Chris Paul, right? Oh, easy. At, at some point, you got to, it's a partially guaranteed salary. I think they'd owe him $15 million bucks yeah, 15. if they decided 8. to waive him. So that, that should happen sooner rather than later. Eat that deal. And then it. you got to figure out what you're going to do with DeAndre Ayton. They were reluctant to give Ayton that extension off of his rookie contract. And I think we're seeing the reason why in these playoffs. Now, remember. People were willing to give Aiton that money. That was that was a offer sheet that he signed with the Pacers. With the Pacers, yeah. Well, congratulations. It's the Pacers. I, I know, but when I'm, my point is, maybe you can find some people to take them off your hands, and maybe you can find some role players in return for a deal. Yeah. That's a lot of maybes. That's a lot of maybes. But you have given but, away but, all but, of but your. But the assets. biggest issue with the, with this team is depth. They have no depth. None. They have no depth. None. And, and two of the four guys that they were relying on were no shows for different reasons. So at some point, that has to change around KD and Book. Now, I like the combination of KD and Book. I really do. Sure. But you don't have much around him. Does KD finish his career in Phoenix? I think so. See, I, 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 I think, think so. he's got two more years there. But just because of how things go in the NBA, I think well, if, go if, somewhere if, else. If you're Phoenix, why would you, why would you pull the plug on that? You already oh, gave I don't up. think it's going to be Phoenix you are, pulling you, the plug you on that. You already gave up so much to get him. No, I know. I'm, I'm saying I, I think KD will give this two years, and if it's not there, But if you're KD, think about, it. How, how, think about this. If you're KD, yeah. what are the chances you're going to have a chance? What are the chances you'll have an opportunity to team up with a player as good as Devin Booker? I, I think unlikely. That's my point. So why yeah. am I in a rush to leave? I wouldn't say why a rush. Why am I in a rush to leave? Again, I, I wouldn't say rush. I'd say two years, where are we? And then who knows? I mean, well, in two I, years, he's probably at the, the final. He's probably in the last year of that, that current contract. Well, I, think he's he's going, got, right? I think he's got, because it got, was the extension, I think he's got three left. He's got it? three left after this? I believe so. Yeah, so after yeah. two years, he'll be in the last year of it. So, yeah, yeah that's my point. I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, it, it, I agree. Those two together can be fantastic. Yeah. But they didn't give you a chance last night. They were six for 23. Combined How can the they half. give you a chance? The Denver Nuggets were double teaming them every chance they got the ball. Every time those two got the ball anywhere close to the scoring zone, anywhere close to being able to score, anywhere close to their spots, Michael Malone was running double teams at them. And that's good coaching. Don't yep. get me wrong. That's good coaching. But that's an indictment on what the front office has done around those guys. They got to have more help. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. The Tennessee Titans schedule release video was just next level stuff. I mean, they deserve an Academy Award. Absolutely. And, and you're saying amazing. we got to tweet it out. I already retweeted it. Oh, you did? I retweeted it. I favorited it. And I don't usually do that, but this was great. Yeah. This it, was phenomenal. It really was. Yeah, uh, it, and it I don't even really want to tell you more than that. Just yeah. go and watch it, and it is as good as it gets. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. What if a quarterback completed four out of five passes? Well, you can play at that level with ZipRecruiter because four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Okay, the NFL schedule is out, Canty. We always talk about the teams that made the playoffs last year that make it, may take a step back, and we also talk about the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that are going to this coming year. And that is what we are going to focus on after the schedule has come out. We've got a top five. Here's Carlin with the top five. Let's Number go, five. Kid. You're going to hate the first one. Okay. The Denver Broncos. Mm, okay, interesting. Here's why. You look at the first couple of games, they got a great chance to start 2-0 and at home for the Raiders and Washington. Then they've got a, a tougher stretch. But you look in the second half of the season, they get Kansas City out of the way. In the first eight games of the year, they get them twice. So you don't have to deal with that in the second half of the year. Canty, if you look at it and we're up, you know, objective about it, they've got a chance to win nine games. They've got a good chance. They've got a chance to win ten if everything broke right. But they have a chance to win nine games with Sean Payton. And that, to me, is the biggest factor here. Is Payton just being able to get Russell Wilson back to serviceable levels? I like the Denver Broncos to have a big jump, and I could see them squeaking in 
in the AFC. Number four. Canty, your Carolina Panthers. Your Carolina Panthers. I like it. Again, another good start at Atlanta, New Orleans at home to start the season. And then later on, a nice, comfy stretch. It includes Houston, Indianapolis. Uh, they go to Chicago. They go to Tampa, of course, twice. Or they, they play Tampa uh, twice. The Bucks are going to be bad. The Bucks are going to be tanking. Uh, I think that they've got a real good chance the way their schedule lays out. Mm. And to me, that's what it's about a lot of times. It's not just about who you play, but it's about when you play them. And when you can get later in the year and have a manageable situation, like look at three of the last four weeks of the season. Falcons, Packers, at Jacksonville, but then the Bucks. They can absolutely be right there to make the playoffs out of that division. I like it. You, you see that? I you like it. You with me on that? Okay. Number it, three. The New Orleans Saints. Mm. You talk about it falling right. Now, the Saints, unfortunately, have four of their first six on the road. Yeah. But those four are Carolina early. Mm-hmm. Very important. At Green Bay, at New England, at Houston. You can win three of those easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily can win three of those. And the home games are Tennessee and Tampa Bay. The, one, the one thing I would say about the Saints is you got to watch out. They've got two Sunday-Thursday turnarounds. They've got two Thursday night games on they Amazon do. Prime. So that's something that we have to watch the first time that the NFL has allowed that in the scheduling. So we'll have to see how Dennis Allen handles that. But, but I, I see where you're going. But that, that first turnaround doesn't come till the sixth or the seventh game. Yeah. So those first six games, got four of them on the road, but... They're not bad road games. Even the road games they got later at Minnesota, at Atlanta, not terrible. Okay. Not terrible at all. Number two. Can't eat the New York Jets. Now, the Jets have a very tough schedule early in the season. Okay? The first six games of the year, the Jets just have to navigate their way through that. And I'll say conservatively three and three, Jets as constituted. If healthy, can go four and two. Mm. It's Buffalo to start the year at Dallas, New England at home, Kansas City at home, at Denver, Philadelphia. Asking to I mean, win four old, is old, a lot. The, the only gimme is is the Patriots right. game. Those other games are right. You well, could I mean, go at, three at, at Denver. Here, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to go three and three. Can you go 500 in that stretch? You absolutely That's can. Even 500 is a tall ass, though. I'm telling you. It, it's tall. That's a tall ass. But you get beyond that, and then you've got the Giants, and you've got okay. Uh, you don't have to go anywhere for the Giant game. Well, listen, the Jets are my favorite to win the AFC. Yeah. So I, I mean, if they're my favorite to win that division, then I have to believe that they're capable of going 500 in that stretch. I mean, Chris, five of their last six: Atlanta, Houston, at Miami, Washington, at Cleveland, at New England. That's pretty darn good. Okay. To close out the season. And finally. Number one. Uh, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions will absolutely make the playoffs this year. And things fell pretty nicely for them as well. We know how much they have improved. That division in and of itself is just terrible. But again, after you get out of week one, Seattle at home, Atlanta at home, Green Bay, Carolina, Tampa Bay. I mean, when you get those blocks of four and five games, you got a chance to build up some momentum and build up your record to help you when you go through those tougher stretches later in the year. Yeah, I like the list. The Carolina Panthers absolutely should be higher, though. You Where would the, you put the, them in the, front the, of? The Panthers should probably be – I would probably put them second. 
Okay. I will put them second. Think about this. They got the best head coach, and they got the best quarterback in that division, Carolina Panthers. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 